Good evening, and welcome to Next Flag Ends the Race, a NASCAR podcast. My name is Jim Lip, coming to you from the Crozet Kingdom. It's exciting. We're only three days out from actual action on the racetrack. Um, super, super excited about this. Um, and, you know, like I said, three days out until this upcoming Sunday when the cup cars take the track for the Real Heroes 400 at Darlington. Um, I'm super excited, A, because obviously we get to see cars on the track, but B, it just kicks off a ton of racing um, moving forward. I mean, it's it's going to be a lot, you know, between, um, you know, the start at Darlington on Sunday, we have, um, you know, seven races in 11 days between a top three national series. And then uh, we'll get into it a little bit later, but NASCAR also announced kind of the the next window of races that are going to happen after um, these first initial races in May uh, between Darlington and Charlotte. So if we can get to Sunday, you know, it's going to be really exciting from from here on out until basically the end of June, where we're going to be having at least one, if not two races on average every single week. So it's uh, it's getting close, and I think we're all really, really excited. Um, but speaking of uh, the first action back at Darlington this weekend, um, they actually did the uh, the they they determined earlier in the week how they were going to uh, basically start the race. Um, obviously, because they're they're not holding qualifying or practice, um, and they announced that NASCAR announced that they were going to do a, a a random draw. Um, and I, you know, I was I was like, okay, I, I can get on board with that. Um, and basically, what what they decided is that uh, you know uh, teams that were in. Um, positions in, in the owner points, uh, one through 12, we're going to basically draw, uh, a starting spot for somewhere between first through 12th. And then, uh, they were going to do the same thing for, uh, you know, teams in the, in the, in the owner points from positions 13 to 24th and then so on, uh, through the end of the field. So, um, and I, you know, I, I can get behind that. Um, so, um, uh, so they had that 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 drawing uh, today, and um, as the day went on, it was announced that uh, that Fox Sports One uh, NASCAR uh, Race Hub was gonna, actually going to broadcast it. And I was like, oh, that'd be that'd be cool. So I tuned in, fully expecting it to take um, you know maybe five minutes in total for somebody to you know pull balls out of a bag or whatever they were going to do. And uh, unfortunately. Uh, Race Hub decided to turn it into an hour's worth of content where some poor guy at the NASCAR R&D Center was literally spinning a, a ball um, and pulling a, a, a smaller ball out and, and, and saying where each driver started. But it was terrible. It was so drawn out and just there's no reason it needed to be like, it would have been fascinating to sit there and watch the guy, you know, do his thing for five minutes straight, you know, pulling numbers and, and announcing where guys were going to start. But instead Fox decided to draw it out and make it a, just an hour's worth of content when it didn't need to be. So I kind of shook my head at that and, you know, kind of harping on what I said last uh, week about the iRacing is that just things get so, you know, so much production gets put behind certain entities that don't need that production value. Like we don't, we don't need an hour's worth of content. Like it just, it gets too drawn out. Like, and you get the thing where it's like, you know, um, or less is actually more in my opinion. And it was just, anyway, I'm, I'm ranting about that when I don't need to, but, um, but kind of piggybacking off that, um, Brad Keselowski drew 
um, the poll. So he will start first, followed by Alex Bowman, Matt DiBenedetto, Kyle Busch, Eric Almarola, your top five. So that's how they'll roll off um, this Sunday at 3.30 Eastern on Fox um, for the first race back. So that should be pretty cool. Um, I'm really, really excited about that um, and kind of um, you know, obviously they, they pulled balls to, to figure out the starting positions for, for this upcoming race, but, uh, the, the, the immediate race following Darlington on Tuesday for the cup series, NASCAR decided that they are actually going to invert the first 20 cars, which I think is fascinating. Um, so basically whoever wins the race on Sunday is going to start 20th um on the cup race on Tuesday night. So I'm actually on board for this. I think it'll be really cool. You'll get to see just how much the aero factor plays a portion um in the race. So um I'm looking really forward to that. I'm honestly more excited about the field inversion uh starting versus you know drawing these positions but obviously you have to start somewhere so that'll be really cool. Um so um, you know, it's, 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 it's really interesting times, um, you know, about how, you know, Fox is, is going to conduct their broadcast and then the return to racing. Um, it sounds like based on, from what I've been reading and, and what I've been, you know, hearing on some of the interviews on the, the XM channel that it sounds like teams are going to have basically half their road guys are going to be, um, on the, on the ground. Uh, for these for these races so for instance you know most teams have obviously the crew chief the car chief a couple engineers um a tire specialist shock specialist um they have an engine tuner uh they have a front end mechanic they have a rear end mechanic um they have you know um an interior guy um so they they have a whole fleet of guys really um you know anywhere from you know i don't know the exact number but it's you know it's it's about seven to ten guys that are just basically either engineers or mechanics, um, that are separate from the pit crew. Um, now they're still going to have the, the pit crew guys there, but, uh, these, these on the road, you know, basically fleet of mechanics and engineers that is basically being cut in half. Um, so you're going to have some guys doubling up on duties. Um, you know, some teams are electing, you know, to leave basically their, their mechanics, uh, you know, the front end mechanic, um, you know, the rear end mechanic, the under, under the, underneath the car mechanic, those guys are, you know, a lot of teams are kind of electing to, to leave them, you know, basically at home really, um, and have, you know, their tire guys, um, the car chief and the crew chief and the one engineer basically to kind of pick up the slack. And, you know, if those guys got to roll tires over the wall, then they got to roll tires over the walls. If they got to, you know, run the, the nose, uh, the, the front grill brush, you know, then they got to do that. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, how some of these, you know, guys who normally wouldn't be having these roles, um, you know, under, you know, basically normal, uh, conditions on a weekend, you know, some of these guys are gonna be picking up extra duty. So it'll be interesting to see how they handle that slack or kind of the added extra pressure. So, um, so I thought that was interesting. It'll also be interesting to see, um, I think, you know, uh, Bob Pockers from Fox sports kind of tweeted out basically what every team's plan was in terms of who they were bringing to the track, um, and who they were leaving at home. That's part of the road crew. And, um, you know, a lot of the teams are doing a lot of different stuff. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what turns out being the best. Um, usually how things kind of happen is, is when there's a new idea or a new rule put in place for the cup series that allows for different options 
usually the field is pretty split. Um, but as the season progresses and you get a few more races in, obviously there's uh, kind of a, a clear best decision um, that that yields the the best results. So kind of the teams will all migrate towards that same um, approach in the end. So it'll be interesting to see kind of like what team off the bat, you know, hits it the best um, and we'll kind of go from there. So, uh, so it'll be interesting to see how, you know, uh, personnel is used moving forward and, and what the team's resources are. But, uh, you know, that's kind of what the teams are doing. But from a, from a broadcast perspective, it'll be interesting too. Um, you know, Jeff Gordon and Mike Joy uh, for the iRacing um, uh, pro invitational races that were televised the last several weeks, they actually were both in the Fox Sports studio, which, you know, they obviously would be because it's a, you know, e-race. Um, so there's not really an on-site location per se. But um, I thought they sounded really good. You know, they're their chemistry was pretty well. Um, you know, they called the race, you know, basically how they would if they were at the track, because you got to keep in mind when, uh, the TV folks are at the the track, you know, they're, they're not necessarily looking at the track, you know, 100% of the time. Um, they're looking, you know, at it for some of the time, but, but, but really what they're looking at is they're, they're looking at the same, kind of TV monitor, um, setup that, that a normal fan would, because they have to paint the picture of what's being shown to the fans on the TV. So while they're at the track, they're, they're really painting the picture of what's being seen on the screen. So they're, they're basically looking at the monitors that they have in the, in the, in the press box and in the, in the TV booth. So with that being said, um, obviously with everything going on, Fox has, uh, decided to leave Jeff and Mike in the Charlotte, um, FS1 studio to call the races. So they will not be on location. Um, there's only going to be one pit reporter, um, at the track covering all the action. So I think for this first Darlington race, it's, it's going to be Regan Smith. And I think, uh, for the second Darlington cup race, it's going to be uh, Matt Yoakum. So they're drastically cutting down, um, you know, some of the staff there. Um, and I, I read too that because, obviously fans aren't going to be there and you're not going to have all the parade and kind of all the mess, um, in the infields that Fox is also going to be doing some more, um, work with drones, um, to get, you know, certain shots and stuff. Cause obviously you can't fly a drone over a grandstand, you know, full of people. Um, the FAA won't allow it and there's other regulations that you have to follow. Um, but because obviously fans are going to be there, this opens up some different things that, Fox normally wouldn't have the opportunity to do because they wouldn't be able to follow the guidelines. But um, with these guidelines and these restrictions lifted because of no fans, they're going to be able to do some more work with drones. So it'll be interesting to see if they can do any more, you know, kind of cool or unique shots um, that normally wouldn't be there. Um, I think it'll be, uh, could be interesting, could be cool. Um, And I I really think we're kind of in this time where you're going to have a whole lot of, Hey, let's try this and see if it works. Um, not necessarily because the broadcast partners, you know, haven't wanted to before, but because they have to now to be able to adapt to the situations that they're in. So some of this stuff that might get be, that might get tried out, you know, um, over the next two months with this initial run back, um, will be really, really interesting, um, to see if, um, 
you know, some of the stuff that they try will stick once things go back to, to normal, whenever that may be. But, um, but so I thought that'll be cool. I think, you know, I, I think Jeff and Michael do good. I think they, they sounded really good. Um, when we were doing, uh, you know, they were doing their broadcasting for the, uh, uh, iRacing Pro Invitational races. Um, I definitely have noticed this season in particular, and I don't know if it's just cause, you know, Daryl Waltrip's not there in the booth anymore. Um, or because, you know, when he was there, you know, Jeff felt like that, you know, he had to, you know, kind of, you know, respect Daryl's space and whatever, and just kind of, you know, um, you know, just, you know, kind of work with what he had. But I've definitely noticed this year that Jeff has, um, he's definitely loosened up a lot in the booth. He's not as stiff as he used to be. Um, and he's not, you know, I, I, I enjoy listening to him. Um, and not that I didn't enjoy listening to him before, but it was definitely more of like a, you know, kind of corporate Jeff Gordon where, you know, uh, where now, especially since he's been, you know, doing a whole lot of stuff with Clint Boyer and, and Boyer's been doing a lot of these Fox broadcasts too, you know, he's definitely livened up and he's not as, um, stiff as he, um, has been. So I look forward because I think, uh, Jeff and Mike's chemistry has gotten really, really good. Um, and it'll be interesting to see if they can continue it on with the, with the new races, um, or not the new races, but the actual races moving forward. So that'll be cool. Um, obviously, um, you know, also this week we kind of got the news that, um, you know, the, the races that we're having now, you know, the basically two extra races at Darlington and the, and the extra race at, um, Charlotte, um, you know, obviously those races had to come from somewhere on the calendar if we're still planning on running the full 36 points paying, season. Um, and it was announced this week that, um, that three tracks obviously are, are losing, um, their date on the calendar. Um, uh, and those tracks are, uh, the road course out in Sonoma, um, the Chicago and Speedway in Illinois, and then, uh, the short track at Richmond. Um, and I don't know, I'm, I guess if this were under normal circumstances, yeah, I'd be upset and mad and, oh, well, they can't do that. Um, but I mean, it just things just seems like it changes so much these days in terms of the uncertainty level that it seems like, you know, you just got to kind of roll with the punches, you know, these days. And it seems like, you know, you really don't have time to kind of process or feel one way about a decision before, you know, an hour later, another decision comes that, or about something completely different or about the same topic to where it's, um, you don't even have time to think about, uh, kind of, uh, previous news that you may have gotten throughout the day. But, um, you know, I, I am bummed that we're losing, um, Richmond first and foremost. Um, and I'll be the first to admit, um, and I'll even say this, um, you know, Richmond is my home racetrack. Um, I grew up, you know, less than 25 minutes from the track. Um, you know, we go, to both races most years. Um, nowadays, you know, I live about an hour away from the track. So, um, I am bummed about losing Richmond, um, just because it is my home track and I love going, but I'll be the first to admit, um, you know, there's a, a lot of people nowadays, uh, especially on some of the, the social media forums and, and Reddit in particular, Richmond's just, people aren't a fan of Richmond as, as they used to be. They call it the mile and a half of the short tracks. And I'll be the first to admit, I 100% agree with that sentiment for Richmond night racing. Um, the night racing at Richmond hasn't been spectacular, um, the last few years. Um, and you know, I don't know, maybe, 
that'll change this year with the new um, 750, you know, short track aero package. Um, but obviously we haven't gotten a chance to see that or that to play out at the track yet. Um, but I mean, again, you know, we kind of had a similar rules package in 2018. I thought the racing still wasn't that great, man. Just the, the night racing at Richmond hasn't been good at all, in my opinion. I mean, I go because I'm a hardcore NASCAR fan. So if somebody leads, you know, 400 laps of the race, I'll be the first to sit there and tell you, well, that stuff just happens. Like I'm not upset, you know, I don't, I don't mean it's not a, a, a good race, but that doesn't mean I didn't enjoy it. I mean, that's just racing. Some days you're going to have guys hit it and some days, you know, you're going to get that last lap pass or that battle for the lead. It seems like every 10 or 15 laps, but more often than not, you get a guy who hits it and then that's, that's just racing. Um, but I will say, um, I am bummed about this in particular, this Richmond date being gone because this was the, this was the year they were going to revert the spring date back to a day race. And I think the day racing at Richmond has been spectacular. And a lot of fans will complain because it's too hot or they don't want to go sit out in the sun. And, oh, well, Richmond's a short track. It deserves to be under the lights. But, man, I'll tell you what. I would rather pay and see good racing if it meant it being in the daytime than it being at night. And we have seen some really, really good racing at Richmond in the daytime. Um, we had a couple races, seems like a, a few years back, where it would get rained out and they'd run on Sunday. And, man, it was just... Just good racing. Um, you know, you had the multiple lines and you had guys running all the way up against the wall, like at Richmond. Uh, I'm talking like a, a, a groove and a half off the top wall. So um, I think the day racing at Richmond has produced a lot better racing. Um, so I'm definitely in favor of Richmond being a day race moving forward. But um, I still am bummed that it's, you know, we're losing our, our spring date. Um, and I'm also even more bummed because, man, we were supposed to race the trucks at Richmond, too, this year. I mean, the return of the trucks had been, like, over 10 years since they'd been there. So I was more excited about the truck race than I was the cup race. So I don't know if that's going to happen anymore. Um, but regardless, um, it is what it is, and we'll move forward. Um, uh, kind of shifting over to... The last two racetracks, Sonoma and Chicago land, it's interesting because these tracks only have one date. So they've basically confirmed that neither one of these racetracks is going to have a, a date in the in the NASCAR uh, realm this year on the 2020 schedule. So I do feel bad for those fans. Um, kind of mirroring what I said about Richmond, the racing at Sonoma the last couple of years really hasn't been that great either, um, mainly because Martin Truex and the 19 team have basically hit it the last couple of years and just dominated that race. So, um, but I do feel like I, I enjoy the road course racing cause it is different. Um, it's a, you know, gives us a little bit of variety and, you know, it's a beautiful part of the country. I mean, you know, Napa Valley is an awesome, awesome area. And I feel bad for those race fans because it does, um, you know, they do get a pretty good crowd, um, every year. So bummed about those fans and a bun for the folks at Chicago and too. um, that mile and a half has been really, really good. Um, it's produced some really good finishes over the last couple seasons. Um, so it is a bummer that, you know, one of the more, you know, better racing mile and a half is going to lose its, um, it's going to lose its, its date. So uh, again, I feel for those fans, um, and especially for the Chicagoland fans, I mean, I don't really think anybody knows what's going to happen right now, but I mean, you had a whole bunch of stuff break loose on 
Twitter and social media about, you know, kind of the future of the racetrack. I guess the, the Joliet planning commission document got leaked that, um, basically had a portion of the speedway parcels being kind of rezoned for, for redevelopment into, um, um, like an industrial park. So, um, that got a whole lot of people worked up and uh, a couple race fans saw that and tweeted it out. And then, um, some of the journalists kind of ran with it. And the next thing you knew, the couple of the beat reporters were arguing about not giving credit to a story because, you know, somebody took it from somebody and didn't give somebody credit. And then the whole time you have a lot of people from a fan's perspective being like, well, this fan literally broke the news like 12 hours ago and you got two B reporters arguing about who gets credit for it. Like get over it. Neither one of you technically had it before it was out there to the public. So, um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. Um, I think the like planning commission meeting is like scheduled for mid June, I think. Um, and I think it got so much traction that the uh, municipality actually had to come out and say, Hey, like we're not, doing anything with the racetrack, um, itself, we're just looking at like a portion of the land that the, the track is currently on. So, um, it doesn't sound like they're taking the racetrack away or they're going to, you know, basically dig up the racetrack and build a industrial park. It just sounds like they're looking at part of the area, maybe within the track itself. Um, cause I mean, it is, I mean, it's, it's a mile and a half, long track. So you mean that, that infield is huge. I mean, several, several acres of land that, you know, they could obviously do something that they're probably just sitting vacant anyway. So, um, if they want to, you know, have better allocation of space, I certainly don't, you know, fault the municipality for trying to look into that. But I think what got everybody tripped up is that you had this big old parcel lines drawn, you know, all over the racetrack, you know, kind of cutting it up that obviously, you know, misled a few, people and gives the wrong impression from somebody who doesn't, you know, necessarily know the full story. So it'll be interesting to kind of follow that and see what uh, the municipality does with that. Um, you know, cause obviously we got the, you know, everybody's been waiting for this 2021 schedule that we were supposed to have in April before COVID kind of derailed all that. But, uh, you know, it definitely makes you kind of wonder, you know, what, what's coming down the pipeline with that. But, um, anyway, that is a bummer. Um, that we are losing those dates, but, um, I guess we'll see kind of what happens and how we'll go from there. Um, it'll, it'll be interesting to see if, if the racing is, you know, it'll be interesting to kind of see a couple months from now, if it'll be like, Oh, well, you know, I, I wish we had raced at these tracks because the racing, you know, at Darlington or Charlotte or wherever, um, that we have kind of these, these makeup tracks fill in for some of the tracks that we can't go to, you know, and I wish, you know, we had been able to go there, instead of the makeup tracks because the racing just wasn't as good. But honestly, don't really think that it'll be too bad. I think if these guys were to go out on Sunday and ride around in a freight train for 400 miles, a lot of NASCAR fans wouldn't care because they're just excited to see cars on track. Because um, I think it'll have been over um, 70 days since cars were on track is what I heard today, which is just crazy because you think about the off season as a whole was really only like 90 days. It's like 95, 98 days, something like that. And here we are basically having a entirety, uh, you know, of another off season. So, um, but it'll be interesting. Um, I hope it's not a freight train. I hope it's really, really good action. And, and I expect it to be, I think these guys will take it pretty conservative, uh, to start with because, 
You know, they, they have to. I mean, literally their first lapse of on-track action is going to be under green flag conditions and, you know, the first time in 70 days. So I think they'll take it easy to start with, which you want to see. And then I think as it gets going, guys will get back in that rhythm, back in that routine, and it'll, you know, kind of fold out to to be what a normal race would be at Darlington, which is usually pretty exciting. Um, but we'll see. Um, um, and I, I hope it's a, it doesn't have to be a last lap, you know, kind of beating and banging Ricky Craven, um, Kurt Busch finish, but um, it sure would be awesome if it was, because I, I think, I think you are going to have some new viewership. I don't think it's going to be as big as a lot of hardcore and, you know, kind of overzealous NASCAR fans are thinking like, I don't think that a guy who goes and and watches, you know, NFL football every single Sunday is going to sit down and watch NASCAR just because there's nothing else to do. I mean, just because there's nothing else on TV doesn't mean that it's not springtime in a lot of parts of the country and the weather's actually been pretty nice out. So, um, I definitely think you're going to have to fight that battle too. I mean, you know, it's not like it's the middle of December. There's, you know, it's not like we're in daylight savings time. It's we're in, you know, peak spring season and the weather's nice out. So I don't think viewership's going to be as high as some people think it's going to be, but we'll see. Um, and if it is higher, I, the, the thing that's important to me is that, you know, the people that tune in for, uh, the first time around, uh, will tune in hopefully again, you know, this upcoming, um, you know, Tuesday night to kind of get a follow up to, to see if they really want to, um, kind of journey on this endeavor, uh, into the NASCAR world. So we'll see, but, um, NASCAR did announce today at four o'clock, uh, kind of the next phase of their, um, schedule, which is exciting. Um, you know, kind of this first phase that we talked about really, um, they announced, you know, when, you know, started mid-May and kind of goes up into Memorial Day weekend. And uh, NASCAR Today announced kind of what their plan is after Memorial Day until um, basically um, kind of the, the third week in June. So um, so that's exciting because, like I said, we got a ton of races on the calendar and we have a, a bunch of variety, um, you know, where here in the month of May, it's it's basically been, OK, we're we're going to running at Darlington twice or running at Charlotte twice, which is, which is awesome. But, um, um, in, in June, um, we have a bunch of different racetracks. Um, so basically to kind of sum it up from Sunday, May 31st to Sunday, June 21st, NASCAR is planning on running, um, five cup races. Um, and obviously there's Xfinity trucks and even an ARCA race sprinkled in there, but, the cup races are kind of the big thing for me. It's, you know, as you get older and you have more stuff going on in your life, you can only carve out so much time to watch so many, so many races. And I kind of like to dedicate my time to the cup races these days, but, um, I definitely keep up with everything else too, but, uh, kind of focusing on the cup races, they're going to run five cup races between, uh, Sunday, May 31st to Sunday, June 21st. Those races um, are going to be, the first race is going to be Sunday, May 31st at Bristol. Uh, It's going to be its normal length. Um, And then the next race is going to be Sunday, June 7th at Atlanta. This is going to be a 500 mile race. And then the next race is going to be Wednesday, June 10th under the lights at Martinsville. So that'll be really cool because it's going to be a midweek cup race under the lights at Martinsville. 
in Martinsville was supposed to have their first uh, night race uh, this past Mother's Day, um, but obviously, you know, that, that didn't happen. So they've rescheduled the night race for mid-June, which I think will be really, really cool. Um, so that'll be, that'll be awesome. Um, and then, um, the next race will be Sunday, June 14th at Homestead. So, um, you know, kind of the Atlanta and and Homestead, the races that we were kind of supposed to run, uh, basically immediately, um, kind of on the onset of COVID, those are, you know, kind of returning back to the schedule just later and then kind of finishing off kind of the, the, that third week in June will be the the cup race at Talladega um, on Fox. So, like I said, between you know Bristol, Atlanta, Martinsville, Homestead, and Talladega, you have a lot of variety. Um, you have two mile and a half tracks. Uh, both are extremely worn out, and then you got two um, short tracks in Talladega. So, I mean, that's honestly that's probably about as good a month of racing as you could hope for in terms of you know just the differentiation and deviation from cookie cutter tracks and, you know, single groove racetracks. So, um, that should be pretty exciting. Um, obviously all these events are going to be run without fans. Um, so like I said, I really think that, um, you know, NASCAR is in a position to where if they can continue to, um, you know, do, um, the, the regulations and kind of the, the social distancing guidelines that they've put in place, um, from themselves, um, from the sanctioning body standpoint, I really think they're going to be in a good spot to kind of be a template for other sports moving forward. Um, and I think what's also interesting too, is, um, you know, obviously we've been, we've been keeping up with, uh, some stuff, um, regarding, um, you know, kind of other sports too, in terms of, you know, when are they going to return, um, and whatnot, and just kind of outside of the auto racing world, it's, it's been really interesting to kind of follow baseball here recently. Um, I mean, baseball is proposing, um, I think it's like an 80 or like an 82 game, um, season schedule. So it's, it's, it's basically literally half of what a normal, uh, season, uh, consists of. And because, um, the MLB is, is, is proposing a, a basically a, a half season um, that are also pitching um, that players take like prorated salaries and only basically make um, what they would for basically half a season. Um, and what's interesting is that baseball has the players union. So basically the players union has to agree to anything before they can even get a season um you know, in the works and realistically going. And I know they've had a couple of players come out and say, well, if I'm only going to get paid half the money I normally would, um, I don't think that risk is quite worth, you know, what it would if I were to catch, you know, the coronavirus and, you know, oh, well, I was only making half my money and here I am sitting, you know, sick at home with the coronavirus. So, doesn't seem like the players are very high on that. Um, and it, it is interesting. So, um, it'll be interesting. And I, I kind of loop it back to NASCAR because NASCAR doesn't have a driver's union. Um, there's been several iterations and kind of failed attempts at one, but they don't have a driver's union. So it's kind of basically whatever the sanctioning body and the teams agree to, um, the driver's got to go drive those race cars, um, if they want to get paid and, 
Um, and if they don't, the teams will find somebody else too. So, um, so thankfully we don't really have any like holdouts or anything like that to worry about NASCAR. Um, and like I said, it seems like these teams are pretty well equipped to handle anything that's going to come their way with this. And, you know, NASCAR being technically a no contact sport, you know, it's a lot easier for them to social distance than it would be. Um, and obviously the major league baseball or soccer, or the NFL or anything like that, um, hockey too. I mean, it's, you know, I'm, I'm excited to think that NASCAR can be a, uh, an industry leader in sports about coming back and what others, um, sanctioning bodies can do to kind of follow their example. But at the same time, it's naive to think that they are a full blown contact sport, like, you know, stick and ball sports. Cause that's just not the case. Um, now there are similarities in terms of operational standpoints and how you move people from, you know, one place to the other and how you, you know, conduct a TV compound and, um, you know, get all the press and the media and all that set up. But, um, the athletes themselves, you know, they're, they're not in contact with others. So it's, it's completely different in that regard. And that's why I think that, that NASCAR and motorsports in general is the best, equipped to come back and handle this, um, compared to any other sports. So, um, so it'll, it'll be interesting to see. Um, but I am really, really excited, um, to kind of get this kicked off and to get this going. Um, it's going to be really cool. I'm excited that basically we have the entirety of a May and a June schedule to look at. Um, like I said, once we get going this upcoming Sunday at Darlington, we have seven races, um, in 10 days. And Kyle Busch has indicated that he's going to run all seven races at Darlington and Charlotte, which is just crazy to me. So it'll be really, really cool to see what he can do. I mean, God, just think about if he swept all those races It'd be like some, you know, some things would just never change. Um, but it'd be quite the feat if he could, but It'll be interesting to follow. Um, And then, you know, it's just exciting to have something on the calendar through June. So basically the next month and a half, we've got something, you know, in play. And, you know, between, you know, now and June 21st, which is roughly, you know, 40 days, you know, away, we're going to have nine cup races in 40 days. And I'm super excited about that. It's going to be a lot of action. And you got tons of gander uh, outdoor trucks and Xfinity races scattered in between. So it's going to be a ton of racing. Um, and it'll be interesting to see, like I said, how this race plays out, um, this upcoming Sunday, I believe they're having a competition caution at lap 30. Um, so obviously teams will get to kind of check out, you know, what's going on, uh, see how the cars are handling and whatnot. Um, and I think, NASCAR is considering um, kind of an extended caution, which really means that um, since the teams will have not been able to practice or qualify or have anything to do with adjusting a race car on for, you know, on track conditions, NASCAR will allow teams to basically make, uh, you know, elongated adjustments, lengthy adjustments under this extended caution without losing the position um, you know, on the racetrack. So if you come in first and you, you know, take, you know, two or three minutes or five minutes or whatever NASCAR decides to, um, a lot for this extended, um, you know, caution to make adjustments, you know, whether it be, um, you know, taking, um, you know, wedge out or, you know, you know, 
shimmy in some springs or something like that. Um, you know, NASCAR will allow you to retain your position once you go back on the track. So um, it'll be interesting. I mean, I really think that obviously the drivers are going to have a lot to do with who wins the race, but this could be a race where, especially the first one back, that it's about how well you've been prepared and you are prepared coming to the racetrack and how you unload off the truck. So, I mean, this basically race is probably going to be won by the crew chiefs more so than the drivers, in my opinion. But we'll see. I hope that's not the case and we get um, some pretty racy conditions. You know, usually a lot it to um, usually when a race gets rained out or there's rain on the way um, or you come back from a rain delay, the racing is just incredible because you've had you know drivers sitting on their hands and knees the cars are completely different from what they were and i'm kind of hoping this scenario is exactly that where you come back and these the racing's just incredible um because guys are um excited and happy to be back out on track so um but we'll see um it's going to be fun to watch there's definitely a lot of storylines um be something if Matt Kenseth came out of retirement and won this thing, but we'll see. Um, last time Darlington had a true spring race in 2013, he won. Um, well, I guess they technically had one in 2014 too, and Harvick won, but anyway, you know, Kenseth has one at Darlington, so it'll be interesting, but um, anyway, um, that's about it. I mean, it's, we got a lot going on and, you know, I'm certainly things will change as we keep progressing on, but basically between now and the next time, uh, we recap everything, we'll, we'll have had a cup race on Sunday an Xfinity race on Monday night and a cup race on Tuesday night. So we'll probably come back sometime mid week next week to break down those three races and kind of see how it all unfolded. But, um, you know, until then, I hope everybody enjoys the the racing this weekend and, um, you know, pray for no rain cause God, that'd be a huge buzzkill, but, um, everybody enjoy the racing and stay safe and, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks.